Where we go one, where we go one, love it. What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to the 74th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the overcover at the Tampa QAnon rally episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Travis Few, and Julian Field. On Saturday, January 11th, 2020, all three QAA hosts attended the QAnon rally in Tampa, Florida. A more prominent stage, better sound system, and multiple merch stands elevated this event above the previous rally in Washington, D.C., On the schedule, multiple speeches, a musical performance, and a DJ set. The plan was to send Jake undercover. Travis and I had already been made by the organizers. We'd have to run the risk of being called out. All three of us carried recorders. This is our story. Despite wearing sunglasses, the light was both blinding and insufficient. Standing on the stoop, I watched Spanish moss sway gently from the tree branches. The wind struggled against the paralyzing humidity. A door slammed shut behind me as my two companions appeared at my flanks, bleary-eyed and blinking at the passing clouds. It had been a sleepless night on cheap sheets. We slowly made our way across a barren playground as dregs of music emanated from the cottony sky. I could feel my atoms loosening. I was hungry, nauseous. My legs felt weak, my skin clammy. Each step was an effort. Had Jake just said something? I couldn't be sure. My skull was too gauzy to think. I scrutinized his face. A pearl of sweat had formed above his stupid brow. Would today be the day that Jake finally killed me? Almost certainly, I thought. It was important to be prepared for anything. Stay alert. He could easily flip me if he came low for my spindly legs. Framed now by gutted colonial homes and unlabeled industrial buildings, we soon lost intermittent shade and came upon a patchwork of vacant lots. Looming above us now, a set of tangled overpasses leading God knows where. This entire thing had been a mistake. We didn't belong here. The two others were chatting a few feet ahead of me. I couldn't quite make out what they were saying, but it sounded conspiratorial. I watched Travis's lips move. A small black speck was hovering in the air near his nose. A mold spore. He glanced at me and I froze, watching in horror as the spore was sucked into Travis's nostril. You okay, man? He asked me. Inside his open mouth, I could see hundreds more of the mold spores scintillating in the darkness. You all right? Another voice asked, probably Jake's. The next thing I remember, we were standing in front of the Hilton in downtown Tampa. The same voice was explaining something about how ideal hotel lobby bathrooms are for diarrhea caused by nervousness. Of course, man, I know that, I told Jake. He shot me a disjointed grin and sauntered off into the red brick building, abandoning me with Travis. I avoided eye contact, determined to never see the mold spores again. As we approached MacDill Park, an elderly couple wearing QAnon t-shirts strode past us with confidence. Natives, I told myself. They seemed to function in the local climate. I'd have to look into it. Around 80 people already gathered at the rally location, a rectangular patch of grass on the bank of the Hillsborough River. I checked the time. 2.30 p.m. Half an hour until it all kicks off. I wandered aimlessly among rallygoers in a vague panic. Stands set up against the Riverwalk were hawking t-shirts, stickers, and other paraphernalia. The growing crowd milled on the grass, deploying camping chairs and spreading blankets. Might be 150 or even 200 of them. 
all ages. I watched a baby waddle across a blanket into his mother's arms. On stage, a nine-year-old boy began playing Jimi Hendrix's version of the Stars and Stripes on his electric guitar. He looked tiny against the slick canvas backdrop, emblazoned with The Great Awakening and Red Pill Roadshow. The crowd began coalescing around the stage, cheering him on. Beneath the boy hung a large, hand-drawn, hashtag where we go on, we go all flag. Nice. I checked the time again. 3.02 p.m. Had I just blacked out? And then a voice from behind me, piercing the music. I love your t-shirt. I turned to see a short woman in her 60s smiling at me. Um, uh, thank you very much. I mumbled, looking down to remember what I had put on that morning, hoping to God it wasn't one of my many Hillary 2020 t-shirts. Jordi LaForge. Star Trek. She, she, she likes Star Trek. Ah. And for the first time since we'd landed, I began to feel all right. More than all right, in fact. Today was going to be a grand old day. I just needed to find that fucking sativa pen. Gene Ho was Trump's campaign photographer in 2015 and 2016, and he was endorsed by our podcast to be this event's MC after his performance at the Washington, D.C. rally. So it was no surprise that he was there. As his son played the last note of the Stars and Stripes, Gene took to the stage in his typical high-energy fashion to make sure everybody was in agreement about certain things. Yes, my nine years old, my son, guys. This is what America is about. This is what you teach your kids. Here we go, Red Pill Roadshow. Love you, Kristen. Here we go. First of all, let's make sure we're in the right place here. Make sure we're in the right place here. Any Donald J. Trump fans in the house? I like, okay. Let's just try it out even a little bit more. Any QAnon fans in the house, give it up. All right, just to make sure we're where we're in the right place. Make sure. Any Hillary Rodham Clinton fans in the house? Wait, you know, wait, hold on. You have to, you have to be honest, you gotta be honest. People always say to me, Gene, how in the world would you know? Have you ever met Hillary Rodham Clinton personally? The answer is no, and I have proof, because I'm still alive. I'm still alive. All right, we're going to have a great time today. We have about seven speakers, which we had 17 speakers, but we got seven speakers, and they're going to go right down the line. We're going to have a great time. First of all, I'd like to take the time, first of all, to say it's great that we're here, and this is truly, truly the Great Awakening. Am I not right? Give it up. Before we get going, I want to introduce to you the organizer of this event, Alicia. She is the president of the Red Pill Roadshow. Through great expenses, she's done this. Give it up of Alicia right here. Thanks, Jean. Hey, guys. I'm happy to see you here. Um, I just want to thank you all for coming out here. It's beautiful. You're all beautiful. Um, I just want to thank my sponsors, and everybody's bought some t-shirts. This helps me fund these events um, just so we can get together and choose love. Give it up. Give it up. So if you didn't catch it there at the end, that was Jeffrey Peterson, a.k.a. In the Matrix, yelling, I can't wait for In the Matrix <laughs> from the crowd. <laughs> 
Um, and also, by the way, the first boo that you hear after uh, Hillary Clinton, the first loud boo before everybody else. Is me. <laughs> I've got like yeah. 15 minutes of like completely mm. blown out audio, like of me just being yeah. like, yeah. yeah. He got to do his day in the sun, his LARP, you know? He was in a video game of sorts. He got to lead the MAGA troops for just one day. The first speaker on the docket was John Michael Chambers. He is a retired financial advisor who now promotes the idea of an imminent global financial reset. He seems to be an old-school paranoid of the Ron Paul variety who happened to glom onto QAnon. Great to see you all here. Time is short. I'm going to race through these talking points. We'll begin with this so you know where I stand. Where we go one, we go all. I've got 15 to talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we are heading. And what we can and should be doing to help President Trump and the team and the patriots resurrect America, because that's what we're doing. He railed against globalist institutions like the United Nations. He's defunded the United Nations to the tune of close to $8 billion. I'll tell you what, the next step is to evict them out of New York and turn it into a Trump Tower where our president can retire. So... Turning the United Nations headquarters in New York into Donald Trump's retirement, I guess, palace. So I have no idea where uh, John Michael Chambers got that defunding the United Nations to the tune of $8 billion figure from. I I wasn't able even to find it on his website. It's true that in 2017, the U.S. negotiated a cut of around uh, $285 million to the U.N.'s core $5.5 billion budget for the 2018-2019 financial year, but that that figure doesn't include the uh, U.N. budget for peacekeeping efforts. But I was just simply unable to find the figure that calculated to $8 billion. I, I have no idea where he got that number. Listen, if you're kind of a politician or just a figure and you kind of into QAnon, the QAnon rallies are the rallies where you don't have to fact check anything. You know, you're like, this is the perfect audience. Tonight I'm talking alien shit. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I'm telling all my best stories. All the best And nobody can fucking- (laughs) Nobody's fact checking. Yeah, nobody's interrupting me being like, come on, man. Like, you're embellishing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, talking about uniformity of thought, I mean, the guy opens the whole rally by being like, do you like Trump? Yes. Do you hate Hillary? Yes. Like, everyone has to check in on some, like, basic stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Gene Ho, he he was such a great MC. He knew what the crowd wanted, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love Gene Ho. He was like, my boy, my boy, learn this on the guitar. (laughs) This is what America is (laughs) all about. This is what America is. Like, my boy. With his like hair flowing in the wind and his yeah. like backwards MAGA cap, I Gene, fucking love it. Gene Ho it. wants you to know he has not, in fact, abandoned his boy. My boy is right here with me. <laughs> While John Michael Chambers was rattling off what he considers to be Trump's accomplishments, he got to health care, and it's pretty obvious he was still unhappy that the late Senator John McCain cast a deciding vote that preserved Obamacare. Health care. He repealed the individual mandate, providing more choices and creating competition. And if John McCain, may he rest in heat, 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 may he rest. If he wouldn't have done what he did, we would have had the whole thing repealed. But we're going to make progress on that in 2020 forward. Burning in hell. Yeah. He said it three times to make sure. Yeah. I like that the mic just cut on his special little word that he had given a little (laughs) pause before. Oh, it broke up. They switched to the uh, wired mics. Uh, Basically, the same thing happened last rally. There was some sort of interference. 
unclear if that's from some sort of uh, you know like FBI detection uh, <laughs> gun of <laughs> some serial. <some, some> <laughs> but I was know. looking. I was looking for people who could be potential yeah. FBI. There wasn't it. as clear as last time where there's yeah. like a goofy white van sitting yeah. in, immediately under like a light being repaired in broad daylight. Yeah. <laughs> he was also happy with Trump's record on judges and promised that Trump will appoint a third Supreme Court judge soon. He's appointed nearly 200 judges in the federal courts, nearly 200 judges. We've got Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, conservative judges on the Supreme Court. And as soon as we find out what the hell is going on with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we'll have a third. Yeah. So a nice uh, nice wink to the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and secretly uh, uh-huh. dead crowd. And a couple chuckles in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> This guy has the kind of energy of someone who's like lost custody of his children and like kind of lives at a casino. <laughs> he also claimed that there was a hidden debt jubilee underway in which people's debts are being forgiven on a massive scale. Trump is taking the power away step by step behind the scenes just because it doesn't make the news doesn't mean it's not happening. Change the channel. Taking power away from the Federal Reserve, Central Bank, IMF, debt-based Rothschild monetary system and slowly but surely repatriating $43 trillion that have been stolen from the people over these decades back to the people. There's a debt jubilee underway. President Trump forgave the student loan debts for our veterans as step one in the debt jubilee. This is part of the global financial reset that's underway and really going to pick up steam after he wins his landslide in the 2020 election. This motherfucker is the mayor of the first town you visit in Final Fantasy. There's a debt jubilee underway. <laughs> he's also citing the figures like 43 trillion. Where I have no idea where he's getting these figures. He's just, he just doesn't cite, he doesn't explain where he's getting this. He doesn't says what what that means. Because I know where it's because he, you know, what happens is is you go down like a Reddit thread or you go to like abovetopsecret.com and like somebody in the comments is like, oh yeah, you didn't know that like they've stolen over 43 trillion trillions since this day. look look it up and that becomes a fact yeah in your mind that a, you then repeat it is a fact now yeah he claimed that trump is slowly winning over demographic groups that were previously unsupportive to him including the the black community democrats and even jews you know you've heard about the rhinos right rhinos how about the ginos jews in name only our Jewish friends are slowly but surely coming across as well. So, uh, how does it feel to be a Jewish man and have just j- the word Jew echo across the river that in was, Tampa? It's weird to be standing in like an open space, like with other people, and just and just hear Jews amplified over any kind of system. That's yeah. just a weird. That mm. hits you in a weird. It, it, it's it hits different. Chambers got a lot of cheers talking about the federal death penalty and live-streamed military tribunals. Now, how many people realize that Attorney General Barr about six months ago reinstated the federal death penalty? How many people know that? There's a reason for that, folks. And there's a reason why the Washington Times of all publications reported, I put a link up in the article on my website, that Git trials and tribunals from Gitmo may be live-streamed. Now, we remember the O.J. chase, right? We were glued to the O.J. trial. Imagine watching the military tribunals for the deep state going down to Chinatown. I can't wait. Oh, my God. God. Who screamed in, like, pure bloodlust? (laughs) (laughs) 
He's like, I, w- I want to see her swing. <laughs> Fucking some 68-year-old woman from I know like exactly who 10 it was, miles dude. north yeah. in Florida just went super cyan because she heard <laughs> She fucking heard the right thing. Back in the Wild West, it's like, we are to watch ourselves hanging. (laughs) Yeah. It's not enough for there to be justice. I want to see it all. Yeah. He laid out the battle in stark terms. It's either us or them. You know why I know we're going to win? Because it's either us or them. This is the battle to save and resurrect America. As George Washington was divinely inspired and protected to form this great nation. It's my belief and opinion that President Donald J. Trump is no accident. He is divinely inspired and protected to resurrect America, and that's what we're here for. That's what Q is in this movement is all about. Divinely inspired Donald Trump. And with that, John Michael Chambers was played off. And so when your children and grandchildren ask you, what were you doing? When the global governance was being introduced to America and the world, let me rephrase that. What were you doing when the global governance was being thrust down the throat of America and the world? What will your answer be? Freedom. It's up to us. So stay the course, trust the plan, and God bless you. And when I heard that trend, that music and and then uh, Gene Ho come on and firing up the crowd after, it's like, oh, this is a much better organized event. Yeah, well, also, they're getting better. Yeah. They're getting they're getting better at at performing. It's also JT Wild teasing his own track, and he's also controlling the transition. Oh, well, that's yeah. clever. It's clever. So unless JT Wild has now become the running like sound guy for the Red Pill Roadshow. Maybe it'll be a one-time thing. I hope he comes back. Very friendly man. Very talented. All the, uh, like, yeah. in 20 years when everybody's queuing on and, the you know, we're just surviving in, like, the aftermath of, like, a nuclear winter. Mm-hmm. Like, people will talk about this rally as, like, super rare because, like, JT Wild was, like, also, like, he was also working on, yeah. like, they'll want bootleg cassettes from this rally because yeah. this is the one. They'll be like, oh, but in, in this one, JT wasn't just a performer. He was actually running. He was actually doing his original original DJing set, which he yeah. does, he hasn't done for 30 years. He's going to be like the Lenny Riefenstahl <laughs> of the new Reich. Next up was John and Lisa Welch. This was an adorable boomer couple who spoke at the last QAnon rally. They kicked it off by greeting the crowd, and then right afterwards, we got a bit of physical comedy as the printed speech came just flying out of Lisa Welch's hand. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> Hello, Super Elite Patriots. Oh, boy. There goes the speech. <laughs> <laughs> but she retrieved the speech, and uh, then, like any good speaker, she clarified what she would touch on. Okay, we want to talk to you about two things today. First, a couple of ideas on how to end the corruption. And second, my own personal story about vaccines. And how they changed our lives. Yep, that does not sound good. That does 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 not sound promising when they get the health yeah. shit. I mean, I remember when they talked about like weird turpentine cures at the last DC rally. And she also, for you know, just kind of a visual accompaniment, um, was wearing that Q shirt with a hanging stick figure while she was doing all of this talking. Mm. <laughs> Their advice on how to fight corruption basically amounted to uh, learning the calms of the cabal, uh, spreading the truth on social media, and voting. But John Welch also recommended to get involved in local politics. We need to get involved in our local government as well. Go to these boring meetings and find out 
what they are doing to us. This is our year. We should, we should be protesting CPS, fluoride in the water, the indoctrination within the education, the mandatory vaccines, and so on. Oof, man. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, this is a, this is actually a smart strategy because yeah. no one's looking at local politics. Yeah. I think when someone like this sits down at a computer and opens just like a fresh version of Microsoft Word, uh, somehow the font is has artifacts already <laughs> uh, built into it. Lisa Welch then moved on to the main topic of the speech, anti-vaccine stuff and general medical woo. So I don't know how many of you guys are pro-vaccine. <laughs> I I was. I definitely was. I'm not. I've never been sick. <laughs> oh god bless you mr welsh bless you i love him lisa welch then told a personal story while her daughter was pregnant a doctor recommended that only people who are vaccinated against whooping cough should be allowed near the baby when it was born so i ran to the local minute clinic and i got mine while i was there i figured i would go ahead and get my tetanus shot since it had been about five years since i had my last one but i had no idea that the tetanus shot is also included in the whooping cough vaccine and the doctor didn't tell me so she double dosed me the, the doctor didn't care about my wife she also all she saw was money the money sign she almost took her life for a couple hundred dollars she had brain fog so bad she couldn't remember my name half the time they go on to tell their account of how Lisa Welch was jerked around by the medical system. She uh, allegedly begins to suffer some adverse effects, which they attribute to the vaccine, which, again, we, there's no necessary reason to believe that's accurate, but this is a story that she tells. Uh, she goes to a specialist who tells her that she has cancer on her tonsils and needs a tonsillectomy. So she pays $6,000 for this procedure, and it doesn't help at all. Another doctor makes her give uh, 20 vials of blood. That doctor then tells her that she's allergic to milk and gluten. But the Welch's claim that they heard this doctor tell the same thing to two other patients on the same day, so they don't believe it. Another doctor suspects it might be thyroid cancer, but they need to perform a biopsy to be sure. Lisa Welch, already suspicious of doctors, refuses. That's when she decides that the medical establishment just can't help her, and she does her own research into what may be ailing her. I spent the next few months begging her to go back to the doctor. At this point, she couldn't talk above a whisper. I spent that time researching on my own. I found out that there are many cures for cancer. I have to give credit to Jordan Sather and Dustin Nemos because they made me realize that vaccines were the problem and that cancer is a fungus in most cases. That pro the problem with finding the cures, guys, is big pharma. All that money that you donate to them to find these cures, they're using it against us. They're hiding the truth with it. So, I mean, just to clarify a few things, uh, you know, uh, while there are many possible treatments for cancer, there is obviously no known cure for cancer. 
According to the National Cancer Institute, cancer is a name given to a collection of related diseases in which some of the body's cells divide without stopping. In fact, there are over a hundred different types of cancer, so it's unlikely that there will ever be a single cure for all types of cancer. Lisa Welch's claim that most cancers are caused by fungus is also false. This claim became popular in the alternative medicine community because it was promoted by a former Italian physician named Tullio Simontini. He claimed that cancer is an overgrowth of the fungus Candida and falsely claimed that it could be cured with injections of sodium bicarbonate. In 2018, Simolcini was sentenced to five years in prison because one of his patients died after taking his quack treatments. This is anti-Italian uh, tropes well, that you're I, doing right now at well, our, at I'll our have people. You know, like a wacky doctor. I, <laughs> <laughs> right. Come, let me give you a bungus. But Yeah, obviously this is a sad story, but he's, she was uh, promoting uh, medical misinformation to this crowd. Within three weeks of taking the all-natural medicine made from a tree bark, she was singing karaoke and I had my wife back. I would have given my last dime to the medicine. Thank you. I would have given my last dime, but the medicine cost me $60. That's right. We're not doctors and we don't give medical advice. But I wanted to tell you our story because it may be able to help you or someone you love. Even assuming that the story is 100% true, that doesn't mean that the tree bark-based supplement is responsible for Lisa Welch's recovery. It's possible that she would have felt better at exactly the same time anyway, and she mistakenly attributed her recovery to the supplement. You know, the, the problem for me, I think generally people who advocate for science-based medicine, is that the Welches are pretty good storytellers in this, in this uh, particular speech. Like, if you were sick and your spouse was sick and you would just, like, lose a limb to make them better again, like, who would you listen to? This charming older couple who were obviously deeply in love, telling their tale of how they were jerked around by doctors until they found a natural treatment through their own research— or some dweeb with a podcast who goes like, pardon me, uh, correlation does not equal causation. You know, this is major reason why quack tr uh, treatments thrive, because people tell these stories and uh, they're compelling. So I, I vote that we take the place in culture that Steve Jobs currently occupies and we replace him with the Welshes who successfully did what he tried to do, which is cure cancer with alternative medicine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the pantheon of, of innovators and tech luminaries, Mr. and Mrs. Welsh. <laughs> the next speaker was Dylan Lewis Monroe, the creator of the QMAP, or the QWeb as he calls it, a tangle of names and references designed to unify conspiracy theories into a giant glorious mess. Tall, skinny, and decked out like a laid-back hype beast, Dylan stood out from the rest of the crowd. Little did they know that he would be the shot of cosmic conspiracy revivalism they so sorely needed. Here he is explaining his reasons for making the map. So my project's sort of art installation slash civilian intelligence operation is called the Deep State Mapping Project. I started this the day of Trump's inauguration. I just felt drawn to do this. I mean, I think I've had sort of like a psychic spiritual connection to the Q movement and to the Trump presidency since the beginning so he kicks off in in quite mm -hmm. quite an interesting 
way, I think. He yeah. he does uh, what Jordan Sather does, but uh, more clumsily and better. And better, yeah, because the lore is better. He's like, yeah. hey, my, hey, guys, my name is Brandon, and I am telepathically connected to the Trump campaign. Is basically what <laughs> Anyways, he's I love you all. Cosmic <laughs> yeah, vibrations like... times 1,000. He also has some thoughts on Trump and Iran, but they're decidedly different than the mainstream media's. Now, I consider myself to be what you would call a starseed and a light warrior. <laughs> and then I know we're all pumped to be here for Q and Trump. This country is going in a really great direction. I think we'd all agree on that. Yay! There has been an unbelievable announcement of peace just this week that even I'm still trying to process. When Trump came out after that Iran thing, the whole media was hyping World War III, and he came out and said, the United States is open to peace with, with whichever country seeks it. I mean, this is totally unprecedented, totally groundbreaking. I mean, there's no words to describe the magnitude of this event. And I feel like it's just really even gone over a lot of people's heads. But, you know, we went from being on the World War III timeline, Armageddon timeline, and we some of us knew that we weren't on that timeline. But like this event last week, this 12-minute speech that Trump gave with the light shining from behind his back confirmed that. We're on the peace timeline. Now, I'm not saying nothing's ever going to happen, but at least, you know, take it one day at a time. <laughs> I say we're in the era of Christ consciousness now. We're on the ascent. And with that speech, POTUS ended the age-old doctrine of an eye for an eye and embraced that idea of turning the other cheek, embrace peace, embrace the future that we'll all be happy with. An amazing mix of things. He starts off, he talks, he's, he says he's a starseed and a light worker. He kind of like a light, light warrior. warrior. Light warrior. Come on, man. He's not a worker. Right. He goes Catch. out and fights for his tribe, dude. Feels like that deserves some clarification before he moved on. Yeah. It is interesting that within the first three senses, yeah. he's like, I'm a star seed light warrior. I'm from back on 12. Yeah. If you cannot, <laughs> like, like, if you cannot tell by now, you're going to have to strap the fuck in because this speech <laughs> is a ride. <laughs> Next up, time travel and psychic abilities. So if we want to go deep into that future proves past philosophy, we all probably have heard at this point, because Q mentioned it, about Project Looking Glass, that they actually have technical nuts and bolts technology where they can create wormhole or whatever you want to think of it as and actually see into the future, the past, see wherever. Now, this is pretty deep level black project stuff we're talking about, <laughs> but this technology supposedly exists. Now, don't be laughing at uh, psychic powers or psychic technology either, because we have projects such as Project Montauk and studies into remote viewing that prove that there are deep psychic abilities within all of us. And this is something that's been suppressed by mainstream science, made into a joke by the media, and us coming to terms with accepting psychic abilities, um, futuristic technologies such as time lensing as reality, is what's going to play into this great awakening and allow us all to connect on an even deeper level, organize even better between each other with a you know a psychic organization almost, as opposed to having to rely on you know the postal system or Google. We have the ability within <laughs> all of us to connect and to learn from each other without even using any of this uh, pharaonic Illuminati technology. You know what he's suggesting is that he that you create yeah. a new Chan. Yeah in here yeah. no, no no this guy is literally describing that meme where the brain becomes like a second like human being that's growing out of the first then becomes an elephant then becomes a throne he's like we don't even need to post you guys we don't need <laughs> that we don't even need to <laughs> you just just we think of me we can think goes memes. viral yeah, we can think memes hey. to each other what if the u.s postal service was replaced by the mind 
So one thing I hate is being interrupted when I'm talking about off-planet human slave trafficking. Companies like Lockheed Martin and Boeing have way too much power. They could literally be running Star Trek as an R&D project and we would have no idea if they tapped into off-planet mining or human slave trade off-planet. Hello. Woo! <laughs> I think unfortunately, those of us who have really researched deep into these black projects have found out that they actually are taking in funds from off-planet human slave trafficking. It sounds really out there, but you know, you gotta wonder how these projects are funded. Wow. You cannot stop this guy. No. He gets right back on it. He's like, I need to finish my point about how we're probably doing human slave no, trading. He doesn't even see the thing that space. we're probably. He's like, well, when you've dug deep enough into it, you'll yeah. see that we are. Oh, I love him. I, Thank you for giving me this guy because he yeah. was it was someone I, I kind of wanted to call from the beginning because honestly, I looked at him up here and like he has this weird, goofy energy that kind of reminds me of me. <laughs> like this weird fucking guy. And honestly, if there was if there were a, a hell. Uh, uh, that, that could exist for Travis in the afterlife he probably doesn't believe in, it would be just chasing behind a guy like this trying to fact check <laughs> as he shoots off into the next dimension on an endless gish gallop. <laughs> so trusting the plan is good, but trusting people, now that is trickier. And that's because they may not be who they claim to be. Now, there is a role of super soldiers in these military industrial <laughs> abduction that go into these programs run by these defense contractors, the deep, deep, deep black projects. And some of these super soldiers have actually become truthers in the truth movement. Now, do we know if they're independent or not? Or are they still working for the corporation that they you know, mm. became a super soldier in that operation? Yeah. I don't know. But it's just... My point in this is saying to be very selective in who you trust. Like, don't even trust me necessarily. You know, do your own research. You really don't know who anyone really is unless you really know them on a deeply personal level. And even then you could be, you could be being deceived. Bring us home. Bring us home. Someone in this crowd could be a clone. Someone in this crowd could yes. be an extraterrestrial. Someone in this crowd could be an android. Someone could be parasitized. Someone could be under voodoo. Someone could be under Wetico, which is the native Algonquin term for a mind virus. When, when you're writing your paper and it's very late and you just do one too many. You just go one too many. This sentence went... Onetico, oh, oetico. Yeah, you didn't need that last example that you clearly I remember, I remember learned when, about just before. When he said that, and I was like, and I was like, oh, I'm curious if there's going to be further explanation about the no. word he just said. No, no, let me explain something to you. Travis goes through line by line and treats them with respect. I treat them like they want to be treated, just pain pigs who want me to screech at them that they're just wrong on face value and I'm not going to look into the information. It makes them infuriated. Feeling at this point, uh, perhaps like the audience's brains were ungluing from their skulls, Dylan decided to speak to them about something they're more familiar with, the meme war. Think of the fake news as the capital battleship of the enemy right now. We want to sink that battleship and cue the way we're doing it. Cue and sharing our own content. The solution to this is deprogramming. Now I consider myself a Pleiadian meme commander. <laughs> 
bam, just just doesn't get he, he almost gets to the point of just one normal point that the average QAnon person could understand, and then, then he blows it. Throwing the Palladians. <laughs> he wanted to flex. He wanted to flex on, his man. Billy Meyer knowledge. Yeah, yeah, he's on a level beyond every other speaker, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kicks ass. Every other speaker is just part of this guy's. Like he wrote this guy wrote the entire movement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's like the architect showing up at his own <laughs> yeah, simulation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I would argue that Dylan may have used a bit too much jargon in his speech. Like, imagine just being a totally random person walking by the rally, and this is what you catch. So it's all these questions, and if you wonder these things, I would say seek out the answers. A lot of people think I have all the answers to the questions in the ORIT-B codex from Gamma Q, but I don't. I know the answer to some of them, but some of them (laughs) have actually guided me in my research to look into things I wouldn't have looked into if I hadn't written down that question to begin with. And actually, my newest diagram, the energy map, came entirely out of that set of telepathic channel downloads that I've been getting. So just, I mean, that's the overheard. Just you're just rollerblading by. I mean, I think like it would actually be one of those things where your life is ruined from there. You can't see it on the, on the, on the day, but the butterfly effect. It was a pretty long speech, uh, I'm not going to lie, but I thought the conclusion was just the best. Honestly, worthy of MC Escher. We call it digging, but it, in the end, it's really more about ascending. And every piece of information you find takes you up that ladder one more step. You're not digging deeper, you're getting higher in your knowledge. So up is now down, and we have completed the full cycle. You're not really digging. You're not going down a rabbit hole. You're going down like a rabbit tunnel into the sky. (laughs) A beautiful rabbit flume. (laughs) You're hovering up like a beautiful bird of prey. (laughs) Spread your wings, my young Q. Now, while Dylan Lewis Monroe was speaking, I was approached by a baffled passerby who asked me what was going on. I tried as best as I could to explain QAnon to the normie, but uh, before I could really explain it effectively, I was approached by someone else, that is uh, a man named Tim, who I happened to interview at the previous DC rally while I was undercover. He recognized me and also approached me. Companies like Lockheed Martin and Boeing have way too much power. They could literally be running Star Trek as an R&D project (laughs) and we would have this is. This is a rally for uh, QAnon, the community, uh, and uh, the uh, movement, political movement, and the uh, conspiracy theory, if you're familiar with it at all. Have you ever heard of QAnon? Who? QAnon. Because he was talking about Satan and all that, so these are Satanists, or they... All right, so yeah, so QAnon is a very elaborate conspiracy theory in which uh, some people believe that um, a, uh, uh, basically that Donald Trump is secretly sending coded messages on these websites like 4chan and and that by decoding these messages, uh, they can sort of understand what's really going on behind the scenes. It's, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm being honest, it's, it's basically uh, a group of, um, yeah, we have corporate entities. Hey man, you were at the DC rally. Right? I was at the DC rally. Which, uh, well, thanks anyway. Right, right, sure. Oh my God, so you just got accosted in the middle of this ex- explanation? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, beautiful. It was. I love the normie just fucking like peaced out. Yeah, like, oh, he oh, was oh. like, he's like, I don't like anything of what I've taken in here <laughs> yeah. so far. And I, you just added more to the equation. I'm fucking out. Dude, that was fucking. I mean, that whole 
interaction is like yeah bonkers I, fucking bananas like the fact that to a normal christian person which that that man kind of sounded like maybe yeah it, these people sound like satanists because they're so fucking obsessed with satanists all around them infiltrating everything so tim who uh you know approached me he asked me um basically what my deal was which uh, which organization are you with i'm with myself i'm with uh california i'm from california yes yeah i met you that's right you put me on an interview but you disguised who you actually were that's true that's true it's true i was undercover can i are you gonna be here for a minute i will be here what was your name again travis travis i'm tim Tim. Yep. Um, I remember you though from the DC rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put I, you put me on your. Uh, did I? Yeah, you did. Yes, All right. Did. Well. Yeah, I definitely remember you. You got me. I didn't say anything. I was ashamed. Of course not. I assume you assume you would, but uh, yeah. So uh, Tim asked me, you know, what I thought was false about QAnon. Uh, I gave an example of um, the the hundred thousand sealed indictments that they think uh, think exist. Uh, I went on to explain why the QAnon research using the court system PACER was flawed, specifically how QAnon researchers cataloged every sealed proceeding in the federal court system uh, and mistakenly believed that they were sealed indictments. For more details on the whole sealed indictment aspect of QAnon, check out episode 47 of the podcast. But Tim is being very nice. He's trying to find common ground. So I try to do the same. I, I agree with him that there is injustice, but just QAnon is not going to solve it. I, I understand the motivation. I understand like that QAnon uh, followers, they crave justice. Are gonna be they think that, they think that not mistakenly, the that there's truth. two sets of rules. And there's a certain class of people who can get away with things. That's just not right. And, Do you um, believe in that? Think about yeah, how yeah, of course I believe in that. Of course, it's hard not to, right? Right. No, I mean, you, if, yeah, if we fail to pay, you know, a speeding ticket, then we're going to have a warrant for our arrest. Right. If, if you know, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, does horrifying things for decades, then he'll get a slap on the wrist. That's the, that's the problem. It is a problem. I don't, I don't disagree with that part. I don't think. I appreciate the enthusiasm for justice. I appreciate the love of country. I just don't think this is that's a good question i mean i think because I think this is my thing if, in, in my opinion if i'm going to call out a problem yeah i'm also going to give a solution or i won't call out the problem right you know right I mean? right right but for someone to say right you're not doing it right but doesn't have a better way of doing it then right. i don't agree with that that's know? fair that's fair i just don't think that if before we can get clear on the solution you need to be clear clear on the truth and the problem that's all ay 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 this is like something that happens in Travis's comments on 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 the weekly, but finally he has to do it in person. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I thought I you know. handled it well. I thought you you, you admitted okay, you admitted, you admitted yeah. your fault. You admitted where you were at fault. Uh, you didn't try to lie or like pull one over on I'm him. Just, I, it, 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 I'm glad it takes a QAnon follower to tease the uh, 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 agreement on the material conditions right out of Travis. <laughs> Travis is a socialist when he talks to QAnon people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, listen, it's true. There are two sets of rules. For the wealthy and for us, <laughs> we're part of a common class. <laughs> One thing that plays really well at rallies like this is troops. And of course, there are QAnon troops. So next to the stage was Joe Stroh, a United States Marine and QAnon influencer. He opened with a vigorous Semper Fi and some QAnon platitudes. At ease on stage in his mid-20s, there was a certain nervous energy to his speech. I'd like to give you a little bit of my story personally because a lot of my military experience ties directly into what we're seeing now um, with the Baghdad embassy, for example, in Iraq. Total, total difference 
of scenarios between what we witnessed Donald Trump do and what we witnessed uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton do at Benghazi. And my unit was 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines. We were stationed out of Camp Lejeune. I was part of an 81's platoon. And on our second deployment, I was picked to be the representative into the counter intel. So I had a really unique look at the Middle East while I was deployed over there in 2015. And we were ch uh, chosen on the 24th Mew to evacuate the Yemen embassy in 2015. And this is a story that still to this day, not a lot of people know about. The Marines in that unit, when we were sent over there to evacuate that embassy, we had to hand the rifles, ammunition, gear, and even a couple military vehicles, leave them there, stack them up and leave them there. We armed the Houthi rebels that were surrounding the compound in order to get our guys out. Guys, that's treason in my mind. I'm a, I'm a United States Marine. I slept with my rifle. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. As, an, as someone just looking in from a different culture, when you get to I slept with my rifle to show how much you love, I guess, your country or being a Marine, something went wrong along the way. <laughs> then Joe surprised everybody by revealing some really personal details about his past. And another part of my life that is tied completely into this movement is uh, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. I was 11 years old and it was a family friend. And he was so close to the family that we actually called him uncle. And we didn't know any better. I was 11, didn't know what the hell was going on. Thank God, you know, there was a day I just woke up, snapped out of it, ran out of there and never saw him again. But he was best friends with my actual uncle, who's also a pedophile, who just turns out to be an actor in LA. Go figure, okay. So there's coincidences and synchronicities in my life that point us directly towards this movement and what we're doing together. And it's honestly, it's an honor and privilege to be here with you guys. This guy, he just got red pilled by life experience, you know, being in yeah. the Marines, his being you know, abused as a child and then, you know, seeing yeah. this person become an actor. It uh, is like you said, though, you know, it's a consistent theme. It seems that people who experience abuse with like in their inner circle or personally uh, have a predisposition towards QAnon. If, if a lot of those other, you know, political and religious beliefs align. So Joe pushed through the vulnerability and he began listing enemies of the United States of America, including the least likely one, Canada. And while we're focused down at the southern border building that wall, we got to watch out for Canada. They're part of the UN migration pack, guys. So everything that we're doing down on the southern border, we have to make sure we're watching the northern border too. And if you even want to bring Canada up with Iran, that plane that just went down, 60 something, I think it was 65, I'll have to double check that, but over 60, 60, 62 yeah, for Iranian Canadians, yeah, yeah. right? All kinds of chemical engineers, mechanical engineers. One guy on there was nanotechnology specialist. So, I mean, these are pretty high people that for some reason have Iranian and Canadian citizenships that go down in the midst of all this Iran turmoil. I'm willing to bet some uranium one guys around that plane. That's that's my opinion. I'm not going to say that as fact, but I'm, I'm digging into that stuff right now because Canada, Trudeau's in trouble and he knows it. They all know it. All these globalist puppets know it. It's so funny watching these people sweat on TV, guys. I don't know about you. I'm enjoying it every time. These <laughs> they guys, these guys get up there, all the QAnon. It's a call. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> you guys didn't do the research. You don't know. Okay, so the Canadians are working with Iran to do uranium one, and they were shot down by, I guess, a good person, Trump, which means that killing that entire airplane full of people is like some sort of good and normal and strategic move. Oh my God, yeah, I mean, uh, uranium one happens to be a Canadian company. This is why. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is why they can't. Uh, so get this man, to the whole that was theory. that was something that people latched onto. They heard uranium one, and you can hear him be like, Yeah, yeah I recognize that. <laughs> That's for firing my that. neurons. <laughs> yeah. 
but but the fact is, this man's brain has warped so much that the country that he claims to love so much, he's like saying murdered an entire plane full of people and then that that's good good yeah that's right uh, it's an incredible amount of stuff going on there you're right and i, like I even think of it just yeah massive slaughter and everyone's all yeah yeah well he said he makes me think some pretty bad people were on that plane and, there's trump, no way. and trump shot at the fuck well, he doesn't he doesn't say bad he says hi he goes, uh, there were some high people. Yeah. As oh. Well, but high of like foreign governments you can't trust. Canada, Iran. He's saying high bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like which, high which ranking. Putting Canada and Iran like together in some sort of villainous heist. Ugh, lovely. You just love it. But a portion of Joe's speech was a guide to pilling, including the recommendation to start with family and, for God's sake, avoid mentioning adrenochrome. <laughs> my, my biggest um, piece of advice is just start off with your inner circles your friends and family that's the biggest one because you guys already have a relationship of trust and you don't have to just drop an entire you know one five five round of a big pill down someone's throat just lead them into it a little bit you know what is QAnon? well it's just a back channel to get around fake news just start with that you don't got to bring up adrenochrome you got you don't got to bring up all this crazy stuff that you know we know is fact but these people they don't they never heard anything like this you know what i mean they don't understand the the real backstory between Hollywood and these movies and what they project to us and what they actually do, they tell us and we eat it up. Or at least we did. Not anymore. That was a nice through line yeah. where he was like, where he basically was like, uh, yeah, you don't have to tell them like the crazy shit. Well, but that we know is, is actually true, but they're not ready for. And that, yeah, Hollywood is to, like, where did Hollywood come from? Can we like, talk about, uh, about uh, what's described as a giant bullet pill a marine is gonna fucking load up like a, just a mag of red pills and just fucking point blank into someone's throat <laughs> just shooting red pills right down now he's taking a decidedly different approach than dylan lewis monroe because you know joe is all i was like all right don't mention adrenochrome it's too hard for him well dylan's up there it's like yeah there's off-planet human trafficking yeah although i still feel like that's more conservative even he knew <laughs> even he knew not to say adrenochrome you know even yeah. the fucking space cadet of like an absolute lsd tab of of, of a star child like <laughs> manage this and here is joe finishing up his speech recommending love and patience when it comes to pilling people online keep calm trust the plan and really just fact check yourselves be honest and my best uh way that i get across to people online honestly is just with love and respect and patience i get called an anti-semite because i'm going after zionist jews sorry it's not my fault. That's them doing that. I'm just exposing it. You know, you get called all kinds of things. Racist, homophobic, whatever. And at the end of the day, I just tell them, look, man, you know, until you wake up, I'll continue to fight for you. If you ever get time, just please look into what we talked about. Because you're not red-pilling that person anymore. You're red-pilling the people that are reading that conversation. Everything that you post, people are reading, even if they don't like or share it. I get messages from friends and family who might be too embarrassed. Maybe they're too scared. Maybe they're just unsure of what they're talking about. But they message me all the time and go, dude, thank you for that post and thanks for hanging in there with that person because I had no idea about that. And if it was me, I would have just cut the conversation off. So just love will always win, guys. Be patient with each other. It's mm. like, yeah, Dr. Phil. Some good vibes in there. Yeah. yeah. The insight that the pilling happens when someone's looking over the conversation because the other person's too entrenched, but someone a bit more curious and susceptible is going to get like side pilled. Yeah, no, <laughs> is, I love, I love, no, it's I mean, it's a collateral point. pilling. The next speaker was Jeffrey Pedersen, aka In the Matrix. 
He was perhaps the most manic and most self-promotional speaker. I don't think he had anything prepared. He just kind of rambled and <laughs> jumped from topic to topic. But he looked like he was having a good time. Oh, my God. This was like Birthday Boy at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. He, 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 Glowing. he really was. Glowing. He loved being on that stage. Yeah. Oh, he caught the flowers well, at the wedding. And you, you, guys will hear, you guys will hear in my recordings on the, in, in the, in the Rakatansky files in the next, in the next premium, <laughs> one oh, of the yeah. first interactions I had when I, when I got to the, the park undercover yeah. was Jeff, Jeffrey going, hey, in the Matrix with three X's on Twitter, you heard of me? <laughs> Like literally with his hand out, oh. and you'll hear me, and you'll hear me immediately lie because yeah. I don't really follow a ton of the. I have hey, a couple cute guys, but I I'd heard of this guy, but like yeah. I don't really follow him. Like I, he- I kind of felt for him in a way because I've been that guy who took too much speed at the rave, yeah, and uh, that no no one likes like half an hour later. But uh, they were pretty chill with that person before, and oh, yeah, it's it doesn't feel good. He started by firing up the crowd while the music from his YouTube show played behind him. Who's the Q Army guys? Where we go one, where we go one, right, who's ready for some booms guys, because you are the Q Army, you are Q, we are Q, it's the information folks, it's not the entity, it's not the letter, it is you, right, hey Jackie, love you, we got some Q pins over there to support the show. He's a fucking magician at a retirement home, Yeah. just all the old people barely reacting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, having a great one. Just got to roll on with the energy because otherwise it's very apparent that not much is going on here. Swell the music, please, in the background. <laughs> yeah. If like, Incredible. If Dylan Lewis Monroe is LSD, uh, in the Matrix is Coke. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Garbage. Just terrible little energy. After the audience was warmed up, he slid right into a pitch for his YouTube and Twitter account. Right on. So we got a lot of Patriots on here. We can take that down now. But JT Wild, thank you for getting. That's the intro to the Matrix Groove Hour every day on YouTube, Monday through Friday at 1300 hours. Why do we do 1300? To mock them. You know, we have some fun. We deal with some deep, dark stuff over there, guys. But we also have to have some fun because, you know, the stuff that we deal with is kind of crazy. But uh, I am in the Matrix with three X's on Twitter. It's like, it's like, yeah, he's the birthday boy, but he's also kind of keenly aware that his birthday is like, uh, kind of like a protest of child sacrifice. Uh, so it's an awkward energy of like, I'm really happy, but at the same time, of course, no, no, we're dealing with very serious topics here, but holy shit, am I joyful to be up on stage. Here's my Twitter. Here are my handles. Go check me out. Yeah, he's got like, I mean, he's got like 100,000 or so followers, right? He's like very popular. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't really need he might a carnival be- bark. Like, of course, like, I, I feel like everybody should. No, no, no. His whole act is big because he carnival barks yeah he's been doing this forever he's fucking he's the man cow of the q movement yeah after the rally uh we went out to get some supper and uh somebody had re- a fan had recommended or somebody wrote to julian yeah, on twitter to say this steakhouse was good to say that this steakhouse was good it was burn steakhouse and we were like burn bernie sanders like sh- sure like great it had it ended up having we got there we we actually I, I looked it up on yelp to like make sure it was there and it had four dollar signs which i literally have never seen a four dollar no, sign we, but he restaurant on yelp because you're desperate if we're on yelp you're but, not like but he didn't like look before so we just like got in a, an uber yeah. and like and got like dropped off here and like and it looked like people were going to their prom yeah we yeah. were like an adult prom yeah we it were, was like very we were, fancy we all looked like schlubs yeah and we, uh <laughs> 
Everyone was dressed <laughs> so, nice. We decided were, to leave, but but the, we, but not before seeing outstanding outside waiting to go in and enjoy a, a thirty, possibly sixty dollars steak. Was our boy Jeffrey Pedersen? That's yeah. right, the anti-pedophile uh, task force, anti-elitist himself. Yeah, was there and uh, eating a big, nice, juicy steak. I walked at, at your expense, Q Mama seventy six. <laughs> I walked in high and uh, was surrounded by people that were in like sport jackets and stuff, and like a completely crowded front house, like families waiting, like big deal. And I had the I had the gall. <laughs> <laughs> to you know, in like a wrinkled button-down shirt and like a backwards, you know, timber Timberland hat. Like, oh, how long is the wait? And the waitress looked at me, and she or the hostess looked at me, and she was like, "Um, it's two and a half hours." Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah. oh, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and I fucking left. Yeah, she does that thing in the Hollywood movie where she turns away from you to be like, oh, "Good evening, Mister." Good, let, e- yeah, good evening, Mr. Pedersen. Good evening, Mr. Pedersen. Please, let me show your table. Excuse me, no, as please. I said, two and a half hours, okay? <laughs> we have plenty of free tables, Jeffrey. We'll be sitting you down over there. Yeah, so so they everybody claimed that, that these guys were not paid uh, to to come to the event, that they were, uh, you know, not paid to come to the event. Right. But, uh, but In the Matrix uh, was and, in the best, most expensive and steakhouse in Tampa. Talk, just in Form Talk, the, the evangelical QAnon guy himself yes, this is was on our flight. In first fucking class. Yes, yes. And those tickets, ladies and gentlemen, were uh, twice to three times as expensive as the ones below them. I know that because I booked our flights and, you know, could not afford, not even remotely afford <laughs> first class. <laughs> and so, these QAnon influencers are out there living fucking large so, on the hog. Yeah. So picture this. So picture this. Before we move on, three of your beloved uh, hosts yeah. uh, together walking yeah. past Just Informed Talks yeah. in a big, comfy seat, personal <laughs> TV screen in front of him, uh, you know, crucifix shining around his neck. Dude, we walked, he literally looks like fucking him. Kenny Powers. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He looks like yeah, Kenny, he's Powers. Kenny, pa- he's Kenny Powers. He's Kenny Powers. He's Kenny Powers. He's Kenny Powers. We walked past him all the way to the back of the plane. Ah. Oh. Near the bathroom. Enjoy it. Savor this moment. That's right. We owned ourselves by merely walking on to the plane. Got owned by QAnon <laughs> big time. Shows yeah. canceled. Turned back from the restaurant. At every turn, we had a QAnon influencer doing something cooler, more expensive, <laughs> and better than us. <laughs> it's like, it like remind us that maybe we're on the wrong side of this. <laughs> so, yeah. At, at, yeah. So, the end of this episode will be a, a big declaration about a new direction for the show. <laughs> In the Matrix then claimed that he was on a list of 200 accounts that Hillary Clinton wants off of Twitter. Oh now, my God, wait, this is the Clinton body count for digital soldiers. <laughs> that, yes, it is. Fallen yeah. digital soldiers murdered by Hillary Clinton online. Online. She's, she's murdered 15 of my accounts. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, there is no list of 200 accounts that Hillary Clinton wants off of Twitter. And I'll explain what he's talking about after the clip. He also goes into some sort of inside baseball drama that I'm just not privy to. We have been attacked. All patriots have been attacked for a long time. Uh, I am, in fact, on Hillary Clinton's top 200 list that she wants off Twitter. I am, right? Then I get attacked, huh? Would a patriot voting for President Donald J. Trump attack somebody voting for Donald J. Trump? It's a weird riddle. No. So why was I doxxed? Why was I lied about? Why was my child's information put up on Twitter? Oh God. With lies. Why did people buy it? Why didn't people 
corroborate the information on their own. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about yeah. here. I bet there may be five people in the crowd who do. The guy, the guy is that kind of narcissist that uh, just thinks everyone knows all the intricate details about his life. Like I yeah. barely care about my own life, dude. He's like he's like that um that bowler uh, that like dude who like I don't know fucking like made a really good shot and then afterward went on this crazy ramble. He's like, who's the best on the world? I am. Like he's yeah. like a fucking yeah. who says that? They're like, I am. He's the guy who gets his photo on the on the wall of the bowling alley, and the the town <laughs> hears about it for forty eight years until he dies. So I try to figure out what the hell he's talking about with the the top two hundred list. Apparently, he was referring to a uh, list of disinformation information promoting accounts compiled by the publication Politico in collaboration with Guardians.ai, which is a tech company that works to disrupt cyber attacks. Uh, this list, which in the Matrix was included on, is supposed to be accounts that are most responsible for spreading disinformation about the Democratic candidates. Here's how Politico described it. Using proprietary tools that measure the discussion surrounding the candidates in the Democratic field, Guardians.ai identified a cohort of roughly 200 accounts, including both unwitting real accounts and other, quote, suspicious and automated accounts that coordinated to spread their messages that pumped out negative or extreme themes designed to damage the candidates. It's just just some social media analysis about like who's spreading disinformation online, but there's no evidence that Hillary Clinton was involved in this list in any way. And there's not they aren't saying that you know we want these accounts off of Twitter, I guess it was sort of implied, yeah. but yeah. but uh, but uh, when the DNC posts about Twitter accounts they don't like, they just post the information of the child of the person who runs it. Yeah, th look, this is this is classic. This is merely a case of uh, the you know them somebody sending this article to to Jeff and he looked down he's like oh my god they're coming after me and another guy goes I'll bet Clinton's pulling the string she doesn't want you on Twitter that's what it and is. he's like and he's like you're right and it becomes a fact yeah he went on to boast about how many times he's been queued or how many times that queue has linked to his Twitter account uh, my journey started with the Parkland uh, shooting uh, I showed that there was multiple shooters in fact that. Those, those threads are still on Twitter. You can go watch tens, tens, thir 15 videos of them admitting that there's more than one shooter. 13's a video. Okay, so that's how conspiracy theories actually start. Because we have questions, right? We don't, qu we don't go with the official theory. We understand that something's wrong here. Then I was queued 15 times, guys. Guys, guys, he's, he's, guys. He's incoherent. Like, uh, yeah, just, he is just bouncing around trying to fucking... Yeah, he just grasp onto something. Yeah. He goes on to talking about, like, Stoneman Douglas shooting. I've been queued 15 times. Guys, guys. Yeah. This guy's in a state where if he were, like, in a chair in the VR, like, simulation and there was a whole team standing around and they'd be like, the pleasure centers, they're heating up. Yeah. His mind, it's gonna blow. <laughs> the more interesting talk would have been, like, based on, like, this information and, like, these, these concrete facts... We can deduce that there was a second shooter at the but but all you and which is it's so much of this community is just I have a thread. It's not like what's necessarily it's like I got a thread where we talk. There is a second shooter. You guys can go check it out if you're giving a speech. Wouldn't wouldn't you know lay out your case? Yeah, I yeah, just think some is missed that, opportunities here. Well, it is because the problem is that he he doesn't really have a case. You know, there there were like one or two interviews with students in the hectic uh, immediate wake of the shooting, which include uh, the students speculating on the possibility of more than a single shooter this is before it was like really reported or yeah. even when the shoot before the shooter was even arrested yeah which is also something like the police do like whenever there's there's like is there more than one shooter yeah you have to speculate because <laughs> in order to figure it without what's going on but even then no students actually claim to personally witness a second shooter 
So the person responsible for that shooting is uh, former student Nicholas Cruz, and there is zero evidence that anyone besides him was directly involved. And remember, news unlocks the map. So I'm the kind of guy that doesn't wait for Q to post. Although, I love when Q posts. Don't get me wrong, I, I want Q to post because I've got every Q post on my Twitter feed at In The Matrix with three X's since oh February of 2018. God. Every single Q post, and I still have my account. And I'm on Hillary Clinton's top 200 list. Okay, that she and wants me off Twitter. And I got a fire truck. <laughs> and, and I got a lizard. Like, what the fuck? He really is like that Chuck E. Cheese kid. Like, fat, fat birthday kid, oh, Chuck E. Cheese. Like, parents spoil him. Yeah, he definitely has a sticky, sticky mouth, sticky hands. <laughs> Uh, in the Matrix then called out Alex Jones for allegedly being a Mossad agent and got a big cheer for Judgment Day. Okay. <laughs> Alex Jones is Mossad. You guys <laughs> will figure that out soon. The war is real. The threat is real. Clinton panic. Clinton fear. Judgment Day coming. What do I want to... Let's hear that for Judgment Day coming. Come on. Wow. That's it right there, guys. Wait, was he reciting a drop or just he composed <laughs> he just, that in advance? He was just beeping, bopping. Man. It's rehearsed. Yeah, just, no, it's rehearsed. Dude, no, he was freestyling, I <laughs> oh, think. You no know? way. Just, just, yeah, I think just bopping along. I think Travis has got it. Dude, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just, he was peeking. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> he was just saying phrases at that point. <laughs> Yeah, because in a world without QAnon, these people aren't public speakers. So when they're thrust, you know, but in this reality, they, they've been yeah. thrust into these positions. And that's what you get. You get somebody yeah. going, hey, hippity boppity, <laughs> you know. Speaking list was closed out by Dustin Nemos, one of the authors of the book QAnon, An Invitation to the Great Awakening. His speech was very short, but cut to the heart of the matter. Hope. All right, so uh, I want to ask a couple quick questions before I talk, and I won't talk for long. These guys did a pretty good job. Uh, they covered a lot of material. How many of you guys, the show of hands, had hope that we would maybe get some justice in this country three, four, five years ago? Not, not recently, five years ago. Before Trump, before Q, how many had hope? Okay, after Q, after Trump, how many had hope? That's basically my speech right there. Fight for that. So yeah. it's like they all listened to the original episode and and they and like they got that we recommended they use more catchphrases, but wow, the timing and the energy and everything. They just, just absolutely step on their own material. They trip up the fucking punchline. You're like, oh, it hurts. It yeah. truly hurts to watch a man yeah. bomb like that on the cue stage but no one cares they're just there for fun like that no one cared that's the thing is you do well you do bad it really didn't change much in Look, terms of what's going on in the audience yeah it's you know i think his speech in particular it was a, sort of a case of know your audience yeah you, you don't want to ask these people questions uh, mm -hmm. that, that expect an answer to i think as soon as he said you know started asking yeah. questions about how content they were before i think they got confused I mean, these, and sort the, of ruined like the most the of poignant these, moment that he could have had most of these older boomers are just basically like human amazon alexas who respond to specific triggers like deep state and they just activate and they, their eyes blink they, deep state it's the deep day and then they go back to, to bed. <laughs> oh we lost jake there he goes there he goes finally ladies and gentlemen i live i live for this this is the only thing that gives me pleasure 
is this and 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 truly harming Travis in some way. Look at the <laughs> Oh, oh no. Okay. I mean, that just sounds like a different person. That sounds like a different human being. After the speakers finished up and the DJs were done playing the Hunter Biden trap song, I felt aimless and grew ashamed of my presence at the rally. Nonetheless, I gathered my courage and spoke to a very friendly couple in their 60s. Now, they told me they'd come down from Yankeetown, about 100 miles north of Tampa. The husband told me that he found out about QAnon about a year and a half ago from a friend, but that his wife was, quote, heavily into the political side of it, and uh, that she was the one who really got him into it. The first reason she gave me for becoming interested in Q and researching? Epstein. And then her husband laid out some pretty straightforward grievances of his own. Now, the uh, recording has, like, really loud techno, so I'm just going to read it. There's some political folks, some of the family things you see. Uh, I always had a question. How do you take a $160,000 job in Congress and come out 28 years later a multimillionaire? You know, I've done a lot of things in my life, and it's hard, hard to make that kind of money. So that bothers me and my wife a little bit. He also expressed a sense of powerlessness. Quote, You hear the deep state, and there may be a lot of truth to that, because there are people who have been in power, in positions of authority for a long time, and we can't do jack shit. He explained that he wanted corrupt politicians removed from office through term limits, but his ultimate goal seemed to be more material opportunities. Quote, I'd like things to change so I can, no kidding, get a job and maybe make something of myself and not have to fight against some politician's kid for the job, you know? I might be able to pull it off through my efforts and my work style or my brain power. So, how do people transfer blame for their woes to a select slice of enemies, like those of QAnon? I mean, I think it's clear at this point that we all agree their grievances are down-to-earth, straightforward, and believable. Well, I think strong religious beliefs may have something to do with it. Here's a clip of the wife explaining. And so how do you think Q interacts with uh, your religious beliefs? Like, do they work together? How does that... Well, I'm a Christian, and right. uh, I believe that aligns. In fact, when I'm investigating, what I want to find out is whether or not this is extra-biblical, or does it jive with mostly the Old Testament at all points to prophecy of Christ and to the end times. Wow, that, yeah. that peeled my fucking brain back a little bit yeah. with the music in the background. Yeah. So I, I briefly spoke to her about, you know, like, so, you know, if you believe in the end times, you think Israel is going to play a major role. And she said, yes, that she's researching. She she, she seemed uh, kind of like the, the researcher of the two. Mm. They were incredibly nice, but I thought it was very interesting because they had a mix of really out there stuff and then just like super down to earth grievances when you actually spoke to them about it you know corruption inequality i also had a couple of interviews after the last speaker you know uh, one thing that people often say about the q community is that it's very white and um and the crowd at the tampa rally was pretty white but if i'm being honest this podcast is whiter <laughs> owned <laughs> well i'm jewish so <laughs> well, uh, okay man half credit uh i think that people like to tell themselves that QAnon is just like a white boomer thing because they want to believe that it's demographically contained you know if, if QAnon starts becoming attractive to people who aren't white or who are maybe younger then it has bigger potential reach uh, for that reason i was interested when i spotted a black man wearing a QAnon t-shirt I learned that his name was Dave, and I asked for his perspective. Um, I'm curious, what, what brought you out here today? Well, actually, uh, 
my wife is a member of a lot of groups on Facebook, and she found out about this. But I mean, we're Trump supporters. I mean, gotcha. you know, it wasn't too far away from home, so it's like, gotcha. yeah, let's do this. Gotcha. And uh, who read Hill too? <laughs> Actually, nobody really read Hill me because I, I've never been happy about any president that we've had. Really, you know, when I wasn't into politics. Um, I just kind of rolled with it and I didn't even vote for many years. And then when I heard that Donald Trump was running, I said, we need a businessman, you know, somebody who's not a politician to like run things and at least try to get this country back on track. But also, I mean, like once I heard he was running, there was no red pill in me. I was already all over it because that's the first time that there was ever anybody that I actually wanted to vote for. You know what I mean? So. But one thing that really got me was he was the only president that I've ever heard in my life that said, America first. We're always giving money, doing all these things for people that are like, don't even have crap to do with our country. And, you know, letting all these immigrants in and, and you know, they're more important than, than the citizens of the United States. And he you know, felt just the opposite. He was like, for the people. So, I mean, no red pill in me. <laughs> so, it's an example of Trump turning out uh, a new voting base. Yeah. It's exactly the kind of argument we're having around this election. Same fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Insane. I've never seen a politician I wanted to vote for, and Donald Trump was the first one. That, that's super interesting. It's just, wow. Yeah. Fucking boggles my mind. Yeah, what I really found interesting about Dave's answer is that I was asking, like, why he came to a QAnon rally. And he was like, well, like, I'm a Trump supporter. And I heard that this was going on, so I showed up. Like, he doesn't, like, separate. He doesn't think that of QAnon as a sort of, like, the separate fringe thing that's part of the MAGA movement. But he thinks it's like, oh, well, yeah, Trump, QAnon, yeah, it's just all the same to him. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder what a guy like Dave thinks when he shows up. And um, what's his name? Uh, Starseed is like intergalactic slaves brought in from other planets. <laughs> <laughs> like what is that what does he think? He's just like, oh, yeah. this is like he he's like, no, oh, this is just kind of the mystical side, I well, guess. Well no 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 what happens at that point is their brain uh, clicks back to that like Q is about researching for yourself and finding out uh, for yourself. So that person's truth is not my truth, and we don't have to agree, and that's what's beautiful about this movement. I asked his wife, Laura, who happens to be white, if they're involved in the actual Q drops. So when did you first start? Do you, where, where, are you, uh, do you follow the Q drops? He, he, he did first. Okay. He followed the Q drops first, and he got me involved. He went much deeper into and like you said, red pill and all that. In fact, when Trump started, you know, I, to run, was going to run, I wasn't sure. Gotcha. I wasn't sure until I heard him talk and then I uh, decided, yes, I want him and I see all the amazing things that he's doing. And uh, I had no idea how deep the corruption was and he exposed it all. I mean, I knew there was corruption, but... Right, but you know the details. Right? Not as deep. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, no problem. Incredibly friendly people again there at the end. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah, absolutely lovely people. Uh, I also think it was interesting that uh, Laura basically said that it was Dave who red-pilled her. She had, that was the answer to my previous question. Uh -huh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, I also spoke with uh, an older man about why he attended. He said that he's been a believer in the deep state since the assassination of JFK. I've been following them for, since they started. Yeah. 
since uh, since uh, since the what the Q I drops? was born in 1956. I've been awake since then. Since the shooting of John F. Kennedy, I've been awake. We're siblings, and when we were seven years old, yeah. we were in school, yeah. and then they put the TV on and the funeral, and that's what sparked it for us. And it was like a shock. Everybody, the John whole F. country Kennedy. was grieving. Everybody, it was such and that's a shock. What, that's what enlightened us to start to realize that our government was not in charge anymore. Because the minute he said that he was going to take them out was the minute that they basically took him out. You know, what's really, really interesting about this um, answer is that he didn't seem that inter interested in QAnon specifically. It was more like he saw like coming here as an opportunity to be around uh, people who shared his conspiratorial mindset. Yeah, this guy's like a trucker and he's attending like a Motorhead concert. He's aware that there's yeah. like a Metallica concert next week. It's fine. Like, you know, yeah. it's just good. Like the vibes is what he's about. We weren't like confused by the media at all. Right. We we're not confused by the media. That's what brought us out here is that people that actually think the way that we do, we're going to be here. So... We've been following them for a long time. We've actually contributed to Matrix and stuff like that. Whoa, he gives money to in the Matrix. He does, yeah. Wow, okay. Interestingly, he said that his distrust of the government was heightened by working for military contractors. I know that half the crap we were building was not for what it was intended. Interesting. Not for what it's I worked for Skunk Works at Lockheed Martin. Whoa. For 13 years, had a secret, secret clearance. I had, uh, I worked for Autech, which was building a submersible uh, auto torpedoes that were laser guided. And I had, I, I understood what I was building, but I didn't understand how they were going to be implemented. And that was always a question to me. He was a missile mechanic. So, yeah, I was a missile mechanic for 13 years. So this guy needs a, a position in the in in the movement, like you know, he's an influencer. Like he's got a story to tell here. He does. Secret yeah. Clear, secret clearance, Travis. You're I right. I talked to him as well. Worked on laser guided missiles. I, was, I talked to him as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's quite the character. Yeah. He's interesting. He, he was one of these sort of like old school. The government is lying kind of conspiracy mm -hmm. yeah. guys. Leathery. He was, he was cool yeah. as hell. Yeah. But but Boo's like I was like all right. These uh, some people who are into it too who get it. You know. Yeah. Just just wants to be around other people with a conspiratorial mindset. Like you said. Yeah. <laughs> just wants. As long as you reject the mainstream narrative. Uh, let's let's hang out. Exactly. Is That's that, why the guy who can go up there and like talk about aliens and human slave trade and everyone's like, whatever, man. Yeah, we're all questioning the bullshit. Like, yeah, you know, there's it's, yeah, it's weird. It's like all that matter. They, they yeah, they couldn't converge on like one single thread. It's, it's yeah. just it's just it's like whatever the mainstream is, whatever the government's saying, whatever the uh, MSM is saying, that's bullshit. We can agree on that, and but everything they, else is whatever. Yeah, it's fluid, man. Yeah. It's like you, you can just go. You're not judged. Like you can have your you can have like your wild wild theories and like people are it's it's yes and you know it's like we and always you, and say you can kind of feel finally like you're among your own yeah like these totally. people are often isolated from their families and their own communities so yeah 100 percent. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense it's kind of like hanging out in the forum but offline yeah jake had been sending me increasingly panicked text messages can we go should we meet at the place where i left you guys to go to the bathroom what's up you guys ready Next morning, 
after another shitty night of sleep, we blarily boarded our flights back to the real Sunshine State, California. On the plane, all three hosts sat next to each other with our tray tables unfolded, eating the meal chosen for us by Jake Rokitansky. It was his treat. And that is how I came to eat my first Chicago-style hot dog. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week. Plus, access to our entire archive of premium episodes. There are over 50 of them currently. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising-free, which is the way we like it. On Saturday, February 8th, we'll be in Los Angeles doing a live show with a Jake story. Go to tickets.qanonanonymous.com. We will see you there. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. So the point in me bringing that up, that mind war doctrine up, isn't to make you question Q, but just to show you that the deeper you dig into Q and into these topics, the more confirmation you get that it's real and that it's truthful and that we really are going in this better direction. Now, I really believe that we already have had secret arrests that have happened. I mean, I think most of the Q people know that we remember when everyone had the boot on in 2017 and some people still have the boot. You know, some people have already been probably executed, even though maybe in the media they said they just died naturally. But now the main thing that throws people off about this mind war doctrine is the fact that it was co-authored with Michael Aquino, who we also know turned out to be a Satanist general who was running the Temple of Set at the time. Now just because Paul Vallely worked with a Satanic general to produce this document called the mind war doctrine that sounds a lot like the operation of Q, does, still does not mean that Q is a fraud or that we shouldn't be wanting to understand these things, to understand how they're actually operating. But it should give you pause to question, and I think Q is always about taking that pause to question, doing that digging on your own, and coming to your own conclusion.